0: Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Monday, December 3rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today we'll be looking at Shell setting targets on its carbon footprint, which company is set to become the largest operator of local TV stations in the U.S., and new data on British manufacturing ahead of Brexit. Then the FT's James Peliti takes us to Argentina, where U.S. President Donald Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping reached a fragile truce in the trade war on Saturday night. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. The FT reports that starting next year, Royal Dutch Shell will set carbon emissions targets and link them to executive pay. Investors like the Church of England and Nordia Group have pushed Shell to make firm commitments to cut its carbon footprint. The energy transition targets will be linked to the long-term incentive plans of senior executives. Shell is still in talks with investors about the percentage to be targeted, but the pay packages of 1,200 top employees could be affected. The pledge is a first for the sector, and it's a significant shift for CEO Ben Van Burden. In July, he said that setting hard targets was a superfluous exercise that would expose the company to litigation if they were missed. And the U.S. media group Nexstar has reached an agreement to buy Tribune Media for about $4.1 billion. It's a deal that will make Nexstar the largest operator of local TV stations in the U.S. If the transaction is approved by U.S. regulators, it will be a triumph for Tribune. Just a few months ago, Tribune made an agreement to sell itself to its rival, Sinclair, for $3.9 billion. But that deal was called off after scrutiny from U.S. communications watchdogs. Last year, the Federal Communications Commission loosened the rules around ownership of TV channels. Many analysts expect that rule change will trigger a wave of consolidation in the broadcast media industry. National broadcast networks like Fox charge local station owners hefty fees to carry their channels. And so combining with Nexstar will give Tribune more leverage in negotiations with those networks. New data show that uncertainty over Brexit and the global economy are taking a toll on British manufacturers. According to a survey conducted by the industry trade body EEF, factories are still increasing output, but there's been a slowdown towards the end of the year. A net 12% of manufacturers reported higher export orders. That's just half the number of manufacturers that reported in the previous quarter. Domestic orders were steadier, though. They had a net balance of 11%, only slightly down from last quarter's 14%. The EEF said that what's happening domestically is consistent with anecdotal evidence that companies are increasing their inventory levels before Brexit. They're worried that a disorderly Brexit would leave components in their supply chains stranded in traffic jams around ports. Manufacturers are also worried about signs that the global economy is cooling. The survey results showed the prospects for 2019 look even more bleak. The EEF cut its forecast for next year from 0.5% to just 0.3%. And here's something you might want to know more about. Hey, Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine. The FT's James Politi has been in Buenos Aires, Argentina, covering the G20 summit. Where are you right now?
1: So I'm at a little kind of local restaurant right on the same street where Donald Trump's hotel was during the G20 here in uh, Buenos Aires. Lunch is wrapping up, it's a lot, of, a lot of locals here drinking their Malbecs.
0: The U.S. and China have been locked in a trade war for several months. But on Saturday night, U.S. President Donald Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping finally sat down together for dinner to hash out the details of a potential truce.
1: So uh, we are now going to start our meeting. We'll be talking. The dinner was quite extraordinary. It was inside this very uh, sort of posh, luxurious hotel. Great thing. We'll be discussing trade, and I think at some point we are going to end up doing something which is great for China and great for the United States. You had uh, the Chinese lined up uh, on one side. It was President Xi and then all of his top ministers and advisors. On the other side, you had President Trump and Secretary Mnuchin and Secretary Pompeo. The meeting lasted for sort of more than two hours. They ate steak and drank Malbec. There were rumors that things had gone well, but it wasn't confirmed until well into President Trump's uh, flight back to Washington on Air Force One.
0: So in these negotiations, what exactly did the U.S. agree to?
1: The U.S. essentially agreed to forestall the the next rise in tariffs from 10 percent to 25 percent at the beginning of January and to not impose tariffs for three months.
0: And then what did China agree to do in return?
1: China agreed to some purchases of U.S. farm products like soybeans and industrial products and energy products to kind of narrow the trade deficit. They agreed to potentially review a big uh, semiconductor deal that they had uh, rejected in the past. They agreed to crack down on the fentanyl trade, which was a priority for the U.S. president. And they agreed to further negotiations on some of their more sensitive issues on, on technology, except that we don't really quite know how far they'll go on that front.
0: So tell us about that. It seemed like both Xi and Trump had different interpretations of how the talks went. Yes.
1: I mean, uh, President Trump came out of it and said that, you know, this would be a a great deal and and offered huge possibilities for both countries. They just emphasized sort of slightly different things. The Chinese said that, you know, a possible outcome from the next talks would be an elimination of all the tariffs that have been imposed by the U.S. But the U.S. didn't talk about that. Instead, they talked about a 90-day deadline to negotiate on very thorny issues like intellectual property and forced technology transfer and other uh, sort of Chinese industrial policies. And if those failed, sort of the U.S. would move back to... Escalating tariffs. Now you don't see that in the official Chinese statement, so there's a bit of a disconnect. I mean, you know, there are normally different interpretations of a deal on both sides, but it seems particularly wide here.
0: So, what are the next steps in the negotiations?
1: Well, the next step um, is that you know the, the teams are going to sort of go back to their their capitals and they're going to regroup and start debating sort of what the next steps are again. They've got about three months to sort out some of these very, very um, complicated, difficult issues relating to Chinese industrial policies and Chinese efforts to kind of ramp up its innovation economy, sometimes through kind of unfair trade practices, which the U.S. and other countries have been complaining about, like uh, the forced uh, technology transfer and the theft of intellectual property by security services. You know, the the big question is, will they be able to reach a settlement on that? Because that's really at the heart of the trade war. Fundamentally, there's a tech war.
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following Prime Minister Theresa May's speech in the Commons as she lobbies MPs before the vote on a Brexit withdrawal agreement on December 11th. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news.